This is Big Business with Sarah. This podcast guides you to finding what you desire most in life and business. Because running a business is very much about your personal development. In this podcast, I'm sharing what my clients ask me and how I help them. Thanks for joining. How to write your non-fiction book in your niche. That's what I'm helping you with today. Maybe you're thinking of planning you know, to write a book um, you know, in your niche. And I'm sharing with you this time a question coming in from one of my private clients. She works with me for always, almost a year now. And aside from many other things that I'm helping her with, I'm helping her create a book. She's published many articles in the academic field, but hasn't yet published a life work of her method in a way that it is available to the public. And a book can help you claim authority, and not that my client needs that, but you might want that. And a book can also help you sort all of your thoughts and ideas. And in this episode, I'm sharing how I'm helping my client and also I'm referencing referencing different books and what I've seen in their process and also a little bit how I am preparing for my own book, which I am going to write very, very soon, hopefully. And I'm also a little bit motivating myself with this um, with this episode because I also wanted to sort my thoughts on this. Uh, you know, how did I help my client with this? How you know, what kind of conversations did I have? So I'm sharing it all with you in this episode. Hopefully, it helps you too. <laughs> so the first step for my client was to sort out what she needed to share and for whom. And. You know, I also spoke about this later with Karen Dendas. She is the writer. And, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, um, you see that I'm holding up her book. She's the writer of the book Yolopreneur. And she's also a business friend of mine. And she's told me, you know, before writing the book, you should be really clear on what your goal is. So um, this also really helps her, you know, decide whether or not she wanted to work with a publisher. She did. Uh, with Lano uh, and she shared with me you know her process and also her thinking process in this and you know really determine your goal what do you want from it so for instance you can say I believe this is for a big market so I'm going to sell many copies so you can maybe benefit from publishing the book yourself and buy it in bulk Or maybe let it print on demand. You know, there's so many options. And, you know, obviously printing on demand is costing you more per book, but it might be a safer option. And then I also read some stories on, uh, you know, many different people. And I also wrote this, uh, read this actually in the, the other book. Sorry that I'm making a little bit of noise, but I'm showing the books here. Um, you know, the bestseller book from Charlotte Meindersma and Honneke and Hanneke de Witt. And they are, you know, both also talking about, you know, the difference of self-publishing, you know, the reason why you should or shouldn't. And it's a really nice book. It's written in Dutch. So if you're Dutch, it's really a tip. And also the Yolopreneur book, of course. So, but then, of course, you have to market and distribute everything yourself. So, or you can work with a publisher, which gives you the opportunity to also focus on the writing process and 
Of course, you have to do some marketing yourself, but you won't have the hassle of the investment on upfront. But you won't get as much money per book, though. I, I think it's about two euros a book. I mean, really depending on the on the publisher, obviously. And you know, I also also spoke to another client with of mine who is a writer, and she figured out that writing her book, which is published and uh, you know is actually selling really well, is ac actually giving her two cents per hour. <laughs> you know, we looked at her hourly rates. Uh, you know, how much time she spent on the book and. Um, yeah, so that's, <laughs> she, you know, she write, she does many other things for money. <laughs> uh, but, you know, writing is, um, yeah, is one of them. I'm also going to talk a about that a little bit more later. Um, so how a book can be a driver for the rest of your business. Anyway, so first think about your goal. If you want to sell more from the book, then either option is fine. So, for instance, what can you sell after the book? So... What do people want to know more of? Do they want to work with you after they've read the book? Maybe. And someone who does this really well is, um, I'm grabbing the book again, is the, uh, and there are so many more examples, by the way, uh, is Donald Miller from building, uh, the author of Building a Story Brand. And um, so I bought that and I was also looking at it from a business perspective and there were some templates I think I don't really remember what it was but I could download templates for free and then I would receive weekly emails with offers I wasn't really interested in uh, but I mean I think it could work for him you know this is just my personal experience because I'm not a copywriter but I do find it very important to you know use this method which is actually a great method and you know he's looked at all different kinds of storytelling and you know he's found the holy grail actually i think he did um and he said you know after reading this book you won't be able to uh, watch another movie without seeing it and he's right <laughs> so um a good movie actually so but anyway not talking about the content of this book actually you know this is this is the problem when you're when you're a reader like me um and i did promise my clients from the mastermind by the way to give me a kind of top five or ten on my favorite business books but i still haven't haven't gotten to that yet maybe that should be actually a podcast episode anyway um so you can create you know those templates put them in your book say you know what um if you want more information you can download this then i will get your email address and then i will send you my offer that is you know that is possible um yeah it's possible. You can do that. But there's other things that you can do as well. Um, more ideas on that I can share in a later episode. So what is the customer journey going to be? Why do people buy your book in the first place? And what happens after that? And can you write towards that? And then actually I was talking to the specific client that I opened the episode with. And I was talking to her about building in public. And... Uh, you know, I, I thought that that would be a good method for her. And that's really interesting. I want to share this process with you. And, you know, the thing with building in public is, you know, it sounds, you know, fancier than it is. Um, it's actually, you know, sharing some passages or asking some questions or saying, you know what, I'm writing a book. Um, you know, actually the same way that I'm doing it right now. I'm saying that I want to write a book, but I'm, I haven't really put any... 
<laughs> anything on paper yet. Um, but, you know, saying, warming up people, maybe also involving people in your process and also involving their imp- opinions in, um, in, write- in, in your writing. And, um, and she, she told me that she didn't want to do that. And I completely respect that. It's a lot of work and I am not so sure if I would have done it if, um, okay, and now it's again, my cat is going to the bathroom. I've been quiet the entire day <laughs> and, uh, or actually bathroom litter box. And now I'm talking and obviously now they think I'm not sure who it is that they should go you know, do their thing. Anyway, um, so she she decided not to build in public, and I completely respect that. And, uh, you know, if you're not too much involved in social media, then maybe you don't want to do that. So then it is just time to write. And what she did is gather all the information she had. She, uh, you know, tried to find, well, she did actually create first, she created a a table of contents. So what she wanted to talk about, that's where she started with. And so she found, searched and found articles, you know, previous talks, um, reports, whatever about specific, uh, about those specific contents. So what were, you know, kind of the chapters in her book. And so she just gathered it and then she started writing. You know, she started putting all the information in one big document. um, And, you know, she she kind of added some text, but she didn't um, edit. So not edit, but added with a double D, E D, uh, some other text. And actually, my client did a brilliant job in that. And because I would probably already edit and, you know, that's really bad. So and she just kept on writing without editing some text of, you know, all the old articles or talks she gave. She just put them all in and they were all different, you know, in their tone of voice. And obviously also, you know, in the in the um, uh, target group that she was speaking to. You know, sometimes texts are really academical, others are a little bit more lowbrow. Um, and at some point in the process, and I'm going to share more about that later, is I was looking at her notes thinking, all right, I think we might want to start to structure because we do have the table of content, but we do want to find a structure which helps her, you know, kind of, you know, decide the shape and form of the book, you know, what is kind of the format actually and to help her go forward instead of going really deep into the writing dungeon. Because I do believe that once you're starting writing, you can do this for years and not publish anything. So this is where we started to create a structure of her book. And this was because we were looking at the... uh, Well, actually, I helped her with this create a structure for her and this was because I was looking at the content and what does she like to speak about and one of the things that I saw as a reader is that the stories that she wrote and in a wider context actually the book is also very much about her personal experience with everything and it really fits her brand her story and the way that she works so we're making her personal story the opener and we will finish it at the end of the chapter you know we kind of make the personal reference again so it's kind of a packaged 
a packaged story you know, in itself. And after we came up with the structure, it really helped her write with even more clarity. And you know, actually, because of that, beautiful personal anecdotes came up. And actually, we're currently in this phase of writing more and adding more to the structure. But I really feel like we're almost there. And now I want to share something more about the process, because at the beginning of writing this book, my clients struggled with finding the time to write. And I guess everybody who does that, and I'm sure it will happen to me as well, uh, because she does have a lot of meetings, she does have a lot of deadlines, uh, all those things. So I suggested she would have someone to read her progress every week so that she would have a deadline for that and, you know, kind of the pressure of someone else, so an accountability partner, really. She did that and it really worked and it took off. And then at some of our calls, because she is getting Voxer support and she is getting um, support in coaching calls, um, I was, you know, going, you know, asking her questions on how the process was, was going. And I suggested maybe to look at her work as well to help her in the process. And you know, that helped her too. So in summary, I think by having a clear goal, carving time in your agenda, have one or a few accountability partners and first start to collect all the information and then actually decide on the structure. You know, first have the table of contents, then gather all the information, and then the structure is the best way to write a book. I cannot wait until it's published. It's really going to be a banger, but I really wanted to share this with you to help you and to show you how the process of writing a book is like. And now it's time for one of your questions. Hi, Sarah. This is Hugo from Amsterdam. I have a question for you. Um, I have a community, an online community of people who are, um, well, kind of attracted to me by my music, which is all about my own vulnerability. But I also sell products to them or, or merchandise or concert tickets. Um, but every time I'm selling, I feel like I'm pushing them away instead of attracting them because they're interested in, well, my vulnerability and, and also my products maybe, but um, selling feels like selling out um, instead of um, bringing people closer. Do you have any advice on how I can actually feel better myself about selling and the selling process thank you beautiful question and it's very much about a sales mindset question i think you know how to sell to your community if it's coming from a vulnerable pla vulnerable place sorry is something that's very you know that many people recognize and so the first thing you know if you were my client i would ask how can you align your offer to yourself and your community? Is the thing that you're selling exactly what you should be selling? Or sh should you maybe look, at, you know, once again to your product tree and see, you know, if it's aligned and if it's what you want? You can actually listen to one of my episodes. I'm going to look up the number right now. But that is, you know, 
that is the thing that I wanted to share with you first. You know, always I'm always looking at the offer first with my clients. So that's episode 63. <laughs> I talked a little bit. <laughs> kind of killed the time there. So um, and another question that I would ask is, if you were my client, is this your entire community who thinks that? Or is it just two or three people and mostly yourself? And, you know, really diving deep into, okay, but is this really true can really help you. And I would really suggest to journal on that because I know that many people are, you know, another client of mine, she didn't want to work with or she didn't want to post on social media because she was afraid of what her, you know, her friends would think. And actually I just heard um, an interview with an Instagram coach. She said I or I blocked all my friends because I didn't want them to see my stories. And I think that's actually a great idea. You know, say things like, okay, I'm, I'm going to block you now. Um, you know, you don't have to block them out of your life. And uh, yeah, um, because you want to put something out there in the world. And, you know, try to think of this as, a mindset of that you're serving others. Um, you know, um, if you believe that your offer is aligned with your mission, it has to be very easy to sell, you know, because you believe in it and you really have to love your offer and you really have to say things like, oh, this is so great and I love it that you're buying this. And, you know, if you're truly helping others, it's, it's okay what you're doing. And Maybe you can journal on this today. Is it really true that people think that you're a sellout? Or is it mostly you or two and three people? And another question that you can journal on is what would happen if you won't offer anything anymore? And would people be disappointed? Would you maybe even inspire others by your selling to, you know, maybe inspire them to sell something themselves? and create something themselves and how they can turn their situation into something positive. Another way on how to involve your audience in the process is to talk on stories, reels, or TikToks to connect and share the process of what you're selling. So if you are creating merchandise, you can share with them how you're creating that and also maybe you know, show every, everything how it works. Make it a mix of personal content and commercial content, and then you can apply the 80-20 rule on this. So 80% fun content that your community really loves and 20% of selling. Don't be afraid to sell. People love it. And if they don't love it, then they will unfollow you. And that's completely fine. Now I have a question for you. So if you were to write a book, what would it be about? Or if you would host a talk or a masterclass or maybe prepare a course, what is something that you can talk about for hours on end without stopping? What is something you really love to talk to others about? What is something you love to talk about even if you're not getting paid? I'm very curious. Uh, if you want, you can share it with me. You can share it with me on Instagram or LinkedIn. You can find um, my profiles in the in the show notes. And I'm I'm really curious to that. And you know, you don't have to write a book. You can if you want. You know, it's it hasn't been 
you know, it's so super super easy, and you can only just buy it for yourself. Also, using these tips in in the today's podcast, but you know, really consciously think about it. Oh, what actually am I an expert in? What I can really, what can I really talk about? What do I add to the conversation? So, something to think about this week or weekend, depending on when you're hearing it and uh, this episode. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Big Business with Sarah. If you've enjoyed today's episode, leave a five-star review and hit subscribe. If you're ready for your next step in business, you can find out how to work with me in the show notes. Do not forget to submit your coaching question for one of my next episodes. Have a happy day.